Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas today. You guys are going to be maybe a little hungry because we're talking about pasta, but not in the way that you're thinking about. And on the podcast today is two of my new great friends from Pasta Life, Anthony Barisi and Dave Sadeka. Guys, it's so great having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks so much for having us. I appreciate it. Totally. I mean, I could not wait to dive in with you guys. I had so much fun researching your company. You guys have an incredible story. Um, Guys, today we're going to talk about Pasta Life, the first and only 100% plant-based, gluten-free, and biodegradable pasta straws. Straws. We're talking about straws today. So you guys are going to love the story. Um, But let's dive in with a little bit of backstory. So Anthony and Dave... You guys are the co-founders. Share with us like where this idea came from and how you guys, you know, m- kind of walk through your career to decide you're going to go start this company. Awesome. Well, thanks, Justin. So Dave and I have a combined uh, corporate experience of about over 20 years together, but we have completely polar opposites in terms of how we, you know, rose uh, on the corporate ladder ourselves. I come from a creative and content background. I worked at many agencies working with various different lifestyle, wine and spirits brands. Um, car brands, high-end premium brands, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I've done that all of my life and I've had these great brand experiences, um, in content production, in branding. Um, and Dave and, and Dave on the other end is the, the finance expert. You know, he has 10 plus years of finance, finance and operational experiences. So really at the end of the day, we're, we're polar opposites, but <laughs> together when, 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 when we're one at the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, we make a really strong bond and we were entrepreneurs and, and Dave and I have always been hungry. You know, we've had this entrepreneurial spirit for years and, and Dave and I, you know, we've been friends through, you know, my wife as well as uh, and Dave's fiance and that's sure. how we met and we became best friends over the years. So we've always, you know, had a couple drinks and we were kicking it back <laughs> at different ideas. How could we be an entrepreneur? How can we, you know, take, you know, our ideas to the next level? So really with Pasta Life, it all started in my kitchen. Um, Dave and I, we were drinking a few cocktails one evening and uh, we had some paper straws and they suck. I mean, everybody <laughs> can admit that paper straws <laughs> totally. absolutely suck. You have them in your cocktail. They get watered down. They taste like absolute trash. And after about 10, 15 minutes, they break apart and they become completely unusable. (laughs) Not to mention they're really not the sustainable option because they use more resources and raw materials to produce compared to plastic straws. So Dave and I were kicking it back. We were like, okay, let's make the paper straw better. How can we do that? We're doing all this research just on the fly. And after about 10, 15 minutes, we just looked at each other and like, we were just like, why are we going to make paper straws better like this right let's just how can you make a better straw? right exactly let's just kill that idea so then i looked at him and i was just like why don't we make them out of pasta and he looked at me and i looked at him (laughs) back and we were just like this is actually genius so my background i'm italian i've made homemade pasta for you know uh, you know for all my life basically it's been passed down from generations to generations so i have experience in that Right. So what we did was the next day, Dave came back to my apartment and we started rolling out fresh dough 
and we made the first proof of concept. We made a long rigatoni. It was about, I would say, eight uh, millimeters in diameter. Right. We let them dry, and we took that initial um, proof of concept product down to a handful of bars and restaurants down in New York City. Sure. And just for feedback. And we knew we had something when people were flocking to us and they were like, what are these? These pasta <laughs> straws are amazing. We had bar managers and, and restaurant owners being like, can I buy these off you today? We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> That's this cool. is awesome. We really appreciate the feedback, but this, we made this in my kitchen. We need to, we need to mass, we need to mass produce this. So that's when the that's when our that's when we had our light bulb light bulb moment and we were sure. like okay this is what we need to do and we need to pursue. Um, so Dave and I, you know, we we really what we really wanted to do is regular pasta is a wheat based product, sure. and if you are you know gluten in, in, if you are have celiacs, um, you know you can't use that product specifically. So we wanted to make the product gluten free. So we needed to find a partner who could produce our pasta straws. Um, that were gluten free. So we did find a manufacturer. Got it. Um, and what we did was we brought the best, the best, the best minds together in, in pasta production um, to produce our product. And currently, we are the only uh, certified gluten free pasta shop company in the United States. And we do that because we use rice flour instead of uh, wheat. Wow. Okay. So you jumped through a lot of things there. Let me back up just a little bit. So, first of all, you, you talked about the the two of you and your background. Um, how important. Is it to have the diversity in background as, as co-founders? In other words, to not be, I'll say, always on the same page, but almost bring some different skill sets to the partnership. How important has that been? And then I'd love to d- jump into like how you sorted out manufacturing. Of course, yeah. You know, you know, Anthony's the spaghetti in my meatballs. You know, he's the Italian <laughs> combo here. And, uh, <laughs> That's funny. And we make it work. And you know, like Anthony was saying, you know, he's a creative guy, and I take the operations and finance aspect to it, and put things into a different lens and perspective. So from concept to mass production, we're thinking about how can we make pasta? How can we make it a product? How can we look at margins? How can we, you know, make, you know, large scale and where are we going to push the production, et cetera. So it's been a really exciting journey. And, you know, we, we get into arguments, we then talk (laughs) it out. We then have to kind of backtrack a little bit. And it's just like any co-founder type scenario where, but you know what? It, it's a blessing because you know what? If we had two people with the same mindset, we I don't think we'd be where we are today. Right. Well, and that's I I hear that from other um, co-founders. It's just you know different people bringing different skill sets to the partnership and the value of that. Now, um, you guys talked about this idea of hey, we we rolled some pasta straws. We went and we shared this, and people were immediately starting to buy. What an amazing feedback, right? So, how do you go from we did this in our kitchen? for a couple people to, to check it out to, man, we want to, um, I'll say mass produce this so that it's, it has the quality, the, the, uh, quantities, et cetera. How, how did you guys sort out how to do that? hundred percent. So I was on the phone across the country, calling up pasta manufacturers, trying to figure out how can we produce our product at scale on and on and on. You know, I received feedback to say, no, there's no way we could do that. We can't disrupt our own <laughs> production lines. You need to get a truckload. It's going to cost a million dollars. And I, you know, my jaws dropped. I was like, you know, I'm talking <laughs> to Anthony. I said, there's, there's no way. This is, there's got to be a better alternative. You know, so really what we ended up having to do is we had to go overseas. Um, so we did, we are sourcing from Southeast Asia. And we wanted to use rice flour. So what better place than that area? You know, that's homegrown, close to the, uh, the factory. So 
limited, you know, pollution, et cetera, to get the product from A to Z. Um, and, you know, we started testing, shipping samples over, looking at wheat-based options, then pivoting, looking at different ingredients and factors. And we use a plant-based ingredient to give colors to the straws. So we use oh, a beetroot to make okay. our straws pink. We use turmeric to make our straws yellow. You know, it's just the, the perfect amount to sure. not make it, t- to but, make it tasteless. But how did you know how to do that? And it won't break down in your beverage. <laughs> how did you know how to do that, though? Like, it was, do we just, I, I, I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> how did you figure that out? <laughs> so when we look at, when you look at different teas, sure. when you're drinking teas, they have colors in the teas. Right. So if you look at a blue tea, they actually use a butterfly pea flower to make their teas blue. Got it. So we then said, okay, well, we looked at these different teas and we said, well, how do you get color there and the leaves? And we actually thought, you know, and talked to our production par- partners to say, can we replicate this, but with our straws? Wow. You know, because we don't, so we want to cool. stay all natural. We want to stay, because when you're putting something in your mouth and you're taking a bite of it, you don't want to have artificial dyes, sure. right? You want it to be, you know, a product that you can stand by and it's natural, gluten-free, et cetera. Sure. Love that. So I was looking at your website, durable and al dente, 100% compostable, two sizes and vibrant colors, certified gluten-free. How do you guys figure out cost and pricing? And, and how does a pasta straw, what does that cost structure look like versus a plastic or a paper? I mean, what, you know, if I'm, if I'm a restaurant and trying to keep my costs low, what does that look like? Yeah, you know, from a price perspective, you are going to be spending three to four times, but you know what? Plastic is not existent anymore. Right. You know, we're sure. moving off of that. You know, certain states, California, Oregon, Washington, D.C., they're all banning single-use plastic, and we're moving in the right direction. But no you know question. what? What's replacing that? Crappy, shitty paper straw. <laughs> and no one wants that. That's so true. if you're going to serve, a restaurant's going to serve a paper straw, and the customer's going to see it, what sparks the first conversation when you get your drink? It's the crappy paper straws that they take out of the drink, don't even use it, and the restaurant just loses three cents. That's true. So why not buy a pasta straw that's going to spark conversation? Yep. It's going to be durable and always al dente, and you're going to pay a little bit more. But you know what? The customer's going to love it. I think it's really cool. Can you? Because this is a dumb question, and I know I'm 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 being recorded right now. But can you eat it after you drink from it? <laughs> Of course you can eat it, Justin. Oh, it's crazy, pasta. right? I was like, we, oh my God, like you could actually eat the straw. <laughs> you could definitely eat it. We always just say uh, manja. <laughs> manja. manja. That's, a, that's our tagline. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we say stop sucking, start slurping. And at the end of, at the end of your tagline, it's, it's manja. That is so funny. Okay, so... Because uh, you have the idea, you start figuring out, you, uh, you sort out some um, manufacturing... What's the next step? So, right, you know, here we are, uh, you know, for, for those listening a year from now, you know, when we recorded this, we were at the end of COVID. I say end of because I'm, you know, positive, optimistic person. Um, and things are opening back up. So, for you guys, you were just getting out to market as, as we kind of went into this shutdown, right? So, now things are opening back up. So, how do you get in front of uh, restaurant tours and other um, retailers that might want to carry your product? Yeah, definitely. You know, and, you know, to take it back a little bit, when we launched our our website in September 2019, that was just kind of there to gain some awareness. But really, our business model and the way we built out our financials was B2B, restaurants, bars, hospitality groups, etc. And then, you know, as that started to ramp up going into 2020, we got, you know, hit by a brick with COVID. Totally. And then we all, you know, we had to pivot our business, you know, and that's what I love about entrepreneurship. It's about 
being able to kind of as together make that decision to understand when you need to pivot. And we had to pivot and we had to then all of a sudden start focusing on the D2C model. We need, you know, families using it at their picnics. We want their small gatherings. We want everyone to enjoy. Pasta is pasta brings people together. Oh. And that's when we really launch Walmart. We launch Amazon wow. and we're looking at going into grocery. So we're really starting to scale up and we're working with the largest family run food distributor, uh, Gordon Food Services. Wow. So awesome. it's, you know, really starting to kick up and, you know, you just got to be nimble and you got to, you know, roll with the punches. It's such a neat idea. Um, Pasta.life, the website, you can get 20% off right now if you go there. Um, talk about like what have been two or three of the biggest lessons learned for you guys. Again, you know, big um, company background, starting the business, sorting out how to work together, getting a product to market. You've got a good product. You, you know, there's interest. T share with our audience, like two or three of the biggest lessons learned kind of getting into the entrepreneurship space for you guys. I would say one lesson is every day is a grind. Dave and I, we wake up every morning, you know, bright and early, you know, we do our workout, we get our mindset ready for the day and we just hit the pavement running. I mean, there's always going to be these, these challenges, these small little nuances that happen that throw you off that, you know, you need to, um, you know, pivot a little bit each day and we need to come together and, and solve these different problems. But at the end of the day, Every day is a hustle. You know, sure. you really need to keep your eye on the prize and ensure that, you know, you're, you are striving towards the same vision. And that's, that's why Dave and I have become so close. You know, we, we were best friends and now <laughs> we've become even closer as, sure. as business partners because communication is key at the end of the day. Like I said earlier, you know, I have a, you know, more of a creative mind. Dave has a more analytical and financial mind. So when those two minds come together, we need to figure out the best way to communicate to move our brand forward. And I think Dave and I have, have honestly perfected that. I mean, uh, you know, maybe, maybe our wives are, are a little bit uh, <laughs> like, hey, stop, stop talking to Dave and, uh, and Anthony all the time. But, uh, nice. but hey, we're, we're running a business and we're, and we're really trying to make things happen with Boston. Yeah. And I think, you know, also it's, it's having that passion, you know, being, you know, part of late stage startup companies on the financial side of things, but also kind of working, you know, around, you know, costs across the company. It's you're in front of a spreadsheet. I, you know, I'm just getting, it's a nuance of the day to day. And, you know, really you're getting curveballs left and right as we start this as an entrepreneur. And, you know, it's really learning as we go. We've been hit with so many different roadblocks, but it's, you know, working together, communicating, like Anthony said, and having a passion for, you know, learning through those roadblocks and then coming out even stronger after. I love that. And what have been the biggest lessons learned from working with distributors and some of the end, I'll call them retailers, but at the end, restaurant tours on your product? Like what, as, you, as you've gone out, what have you learned from them about um, your product and thinking about future product? I think what we really learned is about building local first. We had this whole mindset about going to, you know, these massive food distributors, right? Um, but we need an end client first. So that's where we really looked down and we're like, okay, we need to we need to win in our backyard. So that's the entire Northeast Corridor as well as the Midwest because we have a presence there. Um, so what we did was we, you know, we went door to door um, and we were sending out samples and we were meeting with different people. We were leveraging the different relationships that Dave and I have built, you know, year after year in the corporate world. And we were gaining all of their feedback and we were, we were trying to be, um, you know, the best, uh, you know, service straw company out there. I mean, if you name, tell me if you can name another straw brand, you really sure. can't. And no, that's what we really wanted to build with our brand specifically. So once we were able to build 
a strong, you know, community around our product. And that, and that includes more than restaurant tours. That also includes, you know, ambassadors, that includes mixologists, that includes people who are dealing with our product on a day-to-day basis. Once we were able to build that deep-rooted community, we were then able to take our product to the food distributors, partner up with Cordon Food Service out of the Midwest, and really, you know, expand our reach across the entire nation. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I think that. it's also, you know, to add is, you know, the, the customers, right? It's communicating with these restaurant groups, it's communicating with the distributors to, you know, really resonate and kind of know what the customer wants. The consumers are really going to drive this. And as people are more conscious around eco-friendly and plant-based and really, you know, getting more educated around the ocean pollution that we have out there, it's really kind of bringing everyone together with like-minded people to partner with Pasta Life, not only, you know, with the pasta straws, but it's really for the more products to come. I love that. Yeah. And on the website, I love, I like the 20 um, straw variety pack um, with all the different colors. So I was thinking about that one, or I was thinking about just going all in and going for the magenta cocktail 9,500 count. I mean, that would be a massive box of, I mean, I don't know. I could use 9,500. <laughs> That's a lot of cocktails right there. That's a lot of cocktails. <laughs> this is cool. Um, hey guys, share with our audience where they can find you, how they can connect with you, where they can buy the product, et cetera. So you can find our product on our own own and operated e-commerce website at www.pasta.life. You could also hit us up on Instagram. We are at pasta life underscore. We can buy our product directly from our Instagram page. Like Dave said earlier, we are now available on Amazon Prime. Um, we are also available on Walmart.com. And if you live in the, uh, in the Northeast region and you happen to uh, stumble upon, you know, uh, a bottle king. Um, which is a it's a it's a major uh, wine and spirits uh, uh, retail location uh, in the in the northeast area. Stop by and grab a box there. That's so cool. I love it. Well, I mean, it's fun having you guys on at the early stages of your company's growth, and you can see like so much upside as com- as you know, so many are wanting to get away from away from plastic, but also the paper. Right? I mean, it just doesn't last. So I'm excited about this. Um, Anthony and Dave, it's been so great having you on the podcast. Um, we got to have you back on down the road to share with us, you know, what you've done, new products, and then also how the company's grown. So, guys, thanks for joining the podcast. Thank Justin, you so much for having us. It's been a pleasure. The ContenderCast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.